darling, with the young ones And the young ones shouldn't be afraid While the flame is strong Cause we may not be the young ones Very long Tomorrow While we until tomorrow Hey everybody, this is Chris. Welcome to the penultimate installment of the Young Animal Gatherum. We've got the uh, usual four books for you this, uh, this week. And, uh, you know, ever since they announced that this these books were only going six issues, uh, we kind of were playing, you know, spot the truncation. We, we would look at these books and try to see where we saw the seams of uh, cancellation. And uh, with these second-to-last issues, it, it's a little visible. <laughs> now, the books we are covering are Shade the Changing Woman number 5, which originally aired on July 8th, 2018. And we've got Eternity Girl number 5. That originally aired on Ju- July 15th, 2018. Then Cave Carson as an Interstellar Rye, which originally aired on July 22nd, 2018. Then we wrap it all up with Mother Panic Gotham AD number 5, which originally aired on July 29th, 2018. Next week's the big one. It's uh, going to be a longer-than-usual episode. Uh, we're going to have reviews for the final issues of all four of these books, also, the uh, last issue of Doom Patrol for now, and uh, as well as a little bit of a post-mortem where we're just going to give our quick and dirty, or long and dirty, thoughts <laughs> about this line, where it started and where it ended. Uh, we hope you're enjoying this visit, and uh, hope you come back next week for us to uh, all wrap it up together. See ya. Once in every lifetime, it comes like this. to the Young Animal segment on WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we have one very shady penultimate mm-hmm. uh-huh. book for you today. Which one is that, Chris? That is Shade, the Changing Woman number five. It's called The Weight of the World, and it's by our usual uh, suspects here. Cecil Castellucci, Marley Zarcone, Andy Parks, Kelly Fitzpatrick, and Seda Temafante. And, uh... I don't remember how we closed out last issue, but uh, we open <laughs> with uh, we open with Loma Shade walking through the heartland. Uh, Get it? Uh, Get it? Looking for because the heart? Because she, she's looking for her heart right now. Yeah. Now, uh, she's uh, come around to the idea that giving up her heart was a pretty bad idea, and uh, she's looking to retrieve it. Uh, while it's missing, however, she is filled with feelings of rage, grief, and lack of will. <laughs> And I, I don't, I don't you need a heart to feel rage? You would think so, but I, you I, know, I think I, like indifference, uh, lack of will, I'll give her. But uh, I don't know about yeah, rage. Rage and grief, those seem like pretty strong emotions. So you would have you to have some, some sort, sort of, of a heart, yeah. One would think, <laughs> if although only in the uh, allegorical sense of what a heart Absolutely. does, because you, you yes. only need the heart to pump <laughs> blood through your body, really. But that's another story. Yes. Now she begins to crack. Well, her spirit does anyway, though it is represented in the art by her literally splitting down the middle. Uh, Now, at that very moment, those in her life can feel a pang in their own hearts. And that includes River, Teacup, LaPuck, and the punk that's been causing all the grief, uh, you know, murdering Megan's family and trying to take all the pool water out of the uh, whatever event that was. Yeah, uh, basically being a jerk wherever he goes, it looks like. That's that's Uh, about size. As well as sleeping with Megan's old boyfriend, but we'll get to that later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we joined LePuck at the aquarium where we left him after last issue's backup, and he, he's talking to a pair of octopi. Uh, <laughs> humans are bad. This is what they have to say. Never forget, humans are the worst. And uh, mm-hmm. if you were an octopus, I think you probably would feel close to that. You know, humans probably. would be up there with, you know, sharks and whatever else. 
uh, a psychedelic paisley thing makes its way into the aquarium, and LePuck follows it. So he just pretty much just swims out of captivity. He just leaves. <laughs> Which you know, again, if you had the wherewithal, you probably could do. You know, if you were sure. You know, that's why they got. That's why they got to have. <laughs> shock, awareness. Yeah. That's why they got to have shock fences around the dolphins. You know, uh, they're like <laughs> velociraptors. Anyway, back with Loma Shade. We get some more maudlin blibba blibba, and her skin's gone haggard, the world's gone gray. And she gets sucked into a television set and winds up in space, finally realizing that if something that she cares, that if she does something that she cares about, she'll start to care again? Right. Okay, stands to reason, fair enough. <laughs> uh, it turns out what she cares about is saving the Earth, and that's as good a cause as any. Since we live there, we lie where with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we pop back over to LePuck. He climbs out of his tank, and he's still following that psychedelic paisley. It leads him directly to Loma's heart. We pop over to the DCHE, which is that alien hunting organization, where River overhears Hellboy's sister request an extraction to Meta, uh, because the Cray are already on their way to Earth, uh, so basically her job here is done. Uh, now we finally get an idea of what the Cray do as well, uh, to quote Hellboy's sister, also known as what, Mrs. Deeps? She does have a uh, real name, but I, I, <laughs> Hellboy's sister is her name forever, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> she says, when the Cray come they come for your outer worlds. They suck up every useful thing. The ores, the amino acids, the water. They pick the dead planets to their bones. Then they feast on the ones with life. So uh, pretty much clear as mud. Sure, you know, they're basically your resource uh, gathering aliens, I guess. And they do look like crayfish. So I guess they that's, do. that's the gimmick why they're the cray. Uh, back to Loma Shade in space, she looks on as the Cray approach the Earth and finds herself wrapped in some sort of a rainbow ribbon. And she's nyoinked away. And we also get this caption I bet the writer's been dying to use since the book was launched. Run, Loma. Run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now, back at the DCHE, Hellboy's sister drugs some of the muckety-muck military types. And we learn that Pluto is gone. Again. Oh, poor Pluto. <laughs> Pluto was originally feared destroyed after a late 90s JLA arc. However, uh, Superman's pal, of Professor Emil Hamilton, eventually learned that uh, this was during Our Worlds at War, that Pluto was simply in hiding. And I didn't know that was something he could do. Wow. So, sure. power to him. Uh, now, we rejoin Loma Shade, who we discover had been yoinked into the Madness Realm. She finds herself standing before Rack Shade, who is demanding that she return his M-coat so that he can keep the Madness Realm safe and enclosed. I guess bits and pieces of light are right. breaking in. Yeah, it looks, like, it looks like it's starting to fall apart in there. Something's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, it's starting to fray around the edges. Uh, then he stops demanding and mix with the niceties. He's like, hey, come sit down. Let's mm-hmm. talk about this. Uh, When that doesn't work, he goes back to shouting in her face. Uh, She informs him that she is still looking for her heart, and he gives her the old home is where the heart is, Spoo, which uh, appears to give Loma Shade a little bit of food for thought. Lame. She she goes to Target, and she buys some inspirational uh, pictures and puts some... F of live. Exactly. So back on Earth, LePuck finds himself surrounded by the DCHE. He handed Loma's heart over to River before being tased by River's boy. River calls Teacup to fill her on what's gone down, and she walks right past the punk who's sort of floating in a seated position. He follows her back to the apartment and attacks her, and she's able to fight him off by throwing her stuffed hippo at him, but it is sort of infused with uh, shade paisleys or something, so... Uh, the punk runs off and arrives, arrives at Wes's place. Remember, that's Megan's ex-boyfriend. Wes gives him a bath, and they go to bed. And then there are some wrongly aimed <laughs> word balloons. I noticed that, too. Uh, Wes discovers the punk is actually Megan, uh, which we actually did know this, but it has yeah. not been reiterated. Yeah. But this is, like, what happened to Megan after Loma kicked her out of her own body, essentially, uh, the dead Megan. Uh, he'd been calling Gan all this time anyway. Okay. Yeah. Meg Gan, sure. Yeah. Uh, Gan <laughs> says, like, Meg, you wouldn't say Meg, right, Chris? Come on. Yep, just Gan. Uh, <laughs> right, Riss? Gotta throw anyway. us off the scent. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, uh, Gan says their plan is burning the world, after which they and Wes can give the world a fresh start. Mm-hmm. Hop back to the DCHE, where a captive LePuck runs into his old uh, compatriot, Hellboy's sister. Because uh, I think they worked together briefly under yeah. that uh, 
that uh, Rack's boyfriend or girlfriend they were, guy. Remember, well, they were, they were like in, investigating him last arc, last volume. Last volume, find Loma, yeah. So, yeah, like he knows her, Hellboy's yeah, sister. They are acquainted, and uh, they're so close that she gives orders for his prompt <laughs> termination. Yeah. Uh, now we wrap up the front story in the Madness Realm, where Rack Shade is conveniently lecturing Loma Shade in front of a door that reads, Stay Out. Uh, she blasts him with some... Not not quite monochromatic paisleys, uh, but also not colorful either. They're just no. like a blue and an off blue. Mm. Uh, and then she enters the stay out room anyway. Behind the door, she finds several skin suits hanging from the wall, all with holes where their hearts ought to be. Uh, the hearts are also in the room. They're just in jars. Uh-oh. Bun, dun, dun. It was rack shade all along. Uh, in the backup, which nowadays does actually have some relevance to the story, uh, River and Puck, LePuck break out of the DCHE using LePuck's Green Lantern powers. He suddenly... He's a Green Lantern? He suddenly... Uh, <laughs> the ring appears again out of nowhere in the yes. backup. They look up to the sky and see constellations in the form of Loma Shade and Rack Shade about to do battle, which I assume will be what we saw what will happen next issue uh, when we get to it. Now, uh, I just want to tell people that this was a very funny issue for both of us because uh, I was talking to Chris yesterday, talking about doing the recording today, and I said, oh, you need to make sure you get that script done. He said, oh, my God, I, did I even review it? I can't remember if I reviewed it. And he checked. He was like, okay, yeah, I, I, he wrote the review. And I was like, yeah, I still got to read it. And then one night... I uh, went to look at it. I was like, oh, uh, yeah, I did read this. And I had totally yep. fucking, I had just forgotten. Uh, that That's a pretty bad sign for a it comic is. book. Wouldn't you say to totally forget both oh, of I was, us? Uh, I was like a half second away from DMing Jim being like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I oh, God, I'll, I'll do it. You know, I'll get on it right away. Yeah, exactly. And meanwhile, it's, it's sitting right there. People can read it if they want to. And, uh, you know, it's on the site. Uh, that's really a bad sign that, you know, the... You know, the life has just gone out of this book, to me, at least. Uh, I think that both of us, the stakes are non-existent. Uh, and, the, you know, the, the my favorite parts, which isn't, aren't even that great, are pretty much anything not dealing with Loma. Yes. Uh, you know, I find her character to be almost like, uh, you know, annoying to the point of unbearable. I'm like... A little bit interested in what River Teacup and LaPuck have to do, but not even really that interested. You know what I mean? It's all, it's all relative to the other story. It's right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting only when compared to Loma. Yeah, and uh, you know, the you know definitely I, we both feel that this story has been collapsed uh, since they yeah. revealed they were gonna they were gonna cut these books after off after six, and I think you see that with the. Ever with the uh, balloons, I think is a you know probably just a, an obvious error or uh, some art errors that I, I would consider art errors. For example, LaPuck uh, doesn't have his ring throughout the whole regular book, and then in yeah. the backup, it suddenly it appears. And that's sort of an important detail, I think, to show that he at least has the ring if he does. Exactly. Exactly, because so. he even cops to he even cops to not being fully trained in how to use sure. it, so we could excuse him not using it because he doesn't know how, mm-hmm. uh, but still show it because he, he is you know still wearing it, it uh, as evidenced by the backup. It's going to come into play later. So, uh, but again, this this just this there's not the communication is poor. It is. Uh, it I think is. I think that they're just gunning to get these things out at this point and make sure that as much of the story uh, that Cesar Castellucci and Marley Zarcon want to tell, can they can tell. Uh, it's not great, folks. Sorry, it's just not. It's not. It's not I'm uh, sorry I, to say. We can we can give it uh, some some sort of uh, uh, props, I guess, for having the the backups mean something now because yeah. looking at the past two backups, they could have been entire issues, and I and I'm. I'm betting that they might have actually been intended to be, even yeah. though they they felt overlong at three pages. I'm, I think they probably could have cranked them out to twenty. I think um, I think you're totally right. I think they're using the backups now to fill in some gaps, you know, yeah, that they, to get us where we need to be yeah. for the the big climax here. And uh, you know, I, I I when you have a book that is given a a finite number of issues from because we don't know that this was originally going to be a 12 or if this was just going to be an ongoing until interest you know wanes right and it's like you you come into a when you when you start doing your character bibles and your outlines and stuff you have all these great ideas for stories but at what point do you let them go you know do we need a lot of this stuff yeah where it's like just you know finish finish the arc 
let it let it be its own thing, knowing that you might never get to finish it because that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I I have to agree with you that if you you're gonna leave some threads, uh, leave leave maybe leave some tantalizing ones, but that's we're just gonna have to find out. You yeah. know, my hope is that the creative team they had they had a plan and now they're trying to make that work and they're. Uh, you know, telling the important parts that they wanted to tell, but will that will all remain to be seen. But I definitely feel like, you know, it's triage time. It might be time to shed some of these ancillary storylines that sure. are really contributing to whatever the big. Uh, which I would look if we get to guess now, I would say that Rackshade has been using the heartless skin suits to you know maintain his uh, form for or, yeah. some sort of uh, some <laughs> amount of time. But we'll find out. I guess it's. Uh, Turned a little bit disappointing. I'm not as big on this volume in general as we were on the first one. Yeah, uh, this was like our. This was the most consistent. Yeah, we, time we, we. I'd say overall, we walked away from this book with a pretty positive feeling. Yeah, uh, and this one, uh, I'd say it's less so. But uh, what, what did you give it on the site? I gave it a six out of ten, and uh, I could probably be talked down if uh, yeah. <laughs> if we, if I wanted to. It's uh, I, you know, it's. We we have this scene at the end with Rack being revealed as I don't know if it's the big bad or if it's a big bad. Right, but definitely now definitely a bad guy. He's a heel. Said, right? yeah, yeah, he's yeah. turned heel. But it's like we have this character. He's got like forty years of history, and we're turning him for this. Yeah, it just feels under, and not that anybody's really clamoring to see Rack Shade back in like the you know in the Secret Six or the Suicide Squad or whatever. Right. But it's just like we're ruining, we're we're pushing a character over the Rubicon for this, and this is just going to go down as a blip. Yeah. I mean, it came out this week, and it's already a blip. We both forgot about we it. We both forgot reading the the thing, and you yeah. you forgot writing a whole review about it. Yeah. So I must have spent an hour and a half writing it. I forgot all about it. <laughs> yeah. It's that definitely says a lot. This is not going to be a super memorable memorable run, and I would say that mm-hmm. Milligan's run. Uh, is considered more memorable, right? That's that was the nineties yeah. one. Yeah. So at least the at least the first maybe two thirds of it. Yeah, it, that that was the one. That, you know, that was also Vertigo's heyday. There was a lot of more going on, but uh, I would have to say I would go to five five. This mm-hmm. you know this definitely doesn't deserve the fabled fuck you five. It's not like it's a, yeah. a singularly horrible or more of a ripoff than any other one. You know, uh, I do. I still think they're a buck too expensive, but that's true about every, every book of, of this, of this uh, young animal imprint. But, uh, you know, it's, it's still an all right singular comic book. It does, you know, the yeah. work of a comic book, but it's just the, the story has just evaporated for me, you know, and it's, uh, and you know, with the, with the little, you know, I feel like it's possible that art was rushed and little errors here and there. Yeah. It really takes you out of it. Uh, and when it's an afterthought to the creative team and to editorial, uh, and we already know it's it's you know circle in the drain. Yeah. How can we invest? That in, definitely uh, takes away a yeah. lot of our, our caring about it. So, which is also it's this this whole cancellation or this truncation. Uh, I won't even joke about it always being planned for six issues because I mean that is what it is. Yeah, but uh, the the truncation here it, it's. It's fascinating that we're watching these series collapse and just seeing how the creative teams approach, you know, just the the nuts and bolts of the comics to fit to this, to adhere to, you know, they were told you have X amount of pages. Now you have 60 pages, fill them and finish. So it's a. it's interesting to see how the three different books are approaching this. Although we really don't know what Cave Carson's doing just yet, but no. uh, between this and Mother Panic, it's it seems like similar but very different approaches to to bringing this to a conclusion, and, it, and it's interesting, at least from that regard. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Similar, they both have some pretty convenient seeds that happened yeah. weirdly quickly, but uh, yeah, uh, Mother Panic seems to have a more of a pacing. Uh, seems to have seems to have more of a focus, a better grip on it, yeah. But of course, we won't know until we get to the sixth issue of all these series uh, mm-hmm. and look at them next month. Yeah, that's right. We are going we are getting there rapidly. Uh, next week, we have the fifth issue of Eternity Goyle, which is the only mm-hmm. actually planned miniseries, so that one should yeah. be going along just as uh, intended, and uh, we'll definitely come back for that. And uh, I believe that is the. Situation. So, uh, you got anything <laughs> else for him, Chris? No, that'll that'll do it. Well, until next time, folks. I want you to keep it young and animalistic. See ya. Put the cards in my heart. You can't call the bluff. I'm working hard, and my part's still starving. What can you say about a person when that's all he does?
everybody, welcome back to the Young Animals segment on the Weird Science DCComics.com podcast. This week we have another fifth issue mm-hmm. of six, as all Young Animal books have become this uh, volume. But this time it's one that's been planned that way. It's Eternity Girl number five by Magdalene Visaggio, Sonny Liu, and Chris Chukri. So this issue is kind of tough to recap, Chris, partly because... It is a recap. Yeah. Uh, but also because, uh, and actually, the, it, I did like the uh, some of the storytelling where they show. We'll get into it a little bit where where they show different things happening in different dimensions simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's what that's kind of what uh, increased my enjoyment of this. Anyway, so in case you were unaware, human beings have made and still make weapons. We could weaponize anything: stones, sticks, cars, airliners, hydrogen atoms, even human beings. And that's essentially what Caroline is, a weapon. Uh, Once used for Alpha 13, she's now gone rogue, something her friend Danny appears to be learning as she sifts through files of Alpha 13. Uh, She's kind of in the background here doing a little detective work. Elsewhere, Caroline is sitting with Rick the Neverman having a discussion while simultaneously trying to destroy reality with Madam Adam in that other dimension. So So two things are happening at the same time, and now we're seeing that they're happening simultaneously for well, you know, whatever good that is. Uh, and these two conversations do seem tangentially related, you know, like the things she's saying in one dimension, she's sometimes saying also in the other one, and uh, they seem to have relevance in both places. Uh, and also Caroline is aware of this. I don't think she always has been this whole series, that she's been aware that she was uh, existing in two places at the same time. Uh, in the space dimension, that's with Madam Adam, DJ Crash shows up to tell Caroline she doesn't need to make everything go kablooey. And DJ Crash is the guy with an afro wears a tracksuit that we've seen hanging around one of the Eternals. I don't know what his deal is, but he's been yeah, following he's been Caroline yeah. around for the last few issues. Now, in her conversation with Rick the Neverman, Caroline tries to explain what's happening to her, and uh, he doesn't quite get it. Caroline explains that nothing stays dead, and no matter what she does to kill herself, it just doesn't take. So while she's saying this in the space dimension, Caroline tells Crash that she's a mistake, something the universe spat out as it reset. And if things were going as they expected, she'd already be dead. But Crash tells her in a psychedelic panel that she's still valuable and means something to someone. Madam Adam says Crash is full of it. Nothing lies ahead for Caroline but loss and loneliness. And Caroline, she sure is confused, boy. She's like being pulled in two directions. And now Crash and Madam Adam fight. Uh, they have some hand-based energy blasts, pretty standard superhero, supervillain-type space fare. Yeah. Uh, Caroline tells Rick about Madam Adam and Crash's fighting, and uh, he thinks that she's gone nuts. Caroline gets angry and starts transforming into her true monstrous form, like her, her fingers get long. You know, we've seen yeah, it before. Yeah, her, her, red, her uh, red arm, her blue arm, they show yes. up. <laughs> her equilibrium form or whatever. Uh, right. Now, she yells at Rick in public and says that she doesn't want or need his help. Uh, while she yells, Rick discreetly presses a handheld button, and it goes, Dude! <laughs> uh, Caroline can feel the, ra- feel the radio waves emanating from Rick's device, and the waves make her intrinsic field start to tingle. Caroline is furious and grabs Rick by the collar, and he asks who he signaled. At that very same moment, Caroline has also grabbed Crash similarly. And this is the page I was kind of talking about, you know, where she's got... She, she's... The full the full page is sort of her in the Madam Adam dimension, but then the little panels show what's happening. The real in world, the yeah. Never Man world. I mean, is that the real world? Whatever the whatever the, <laughs> the, heck the real it is. Ur world. Yeah, the real Ur world, exactly. Uh, now the same fight is happening in two dimensions simultaneously, like like we said, uh, to Madam Adam's delight. Rick the Never Man uses his power to find a reality that never existed, one where Caroline didn't try to kill him. He says it took a little while, but he does find it and. It's uh, it's unclear to me whether this was a power of his or the radio signal that shorted out Ca- Caroline's powers temporarily, uh, but that's what happened. Her, she loses her powers for a minute, and I think it was the radio signal. Do you have any idea, Chris? I mean, it's not, I, something I happened. Maybe maybe <laughs> maybe that was one of the realities. Her powers shorted out for who knows what happened. It could be like playing on that whole thing where every instance is its own universe. Right. Yeah. And so maybe that, yeah. One of them, there was the the outside possibility that her powers uh, shorted out for bumped. a minute. Yeah. And, there, that's why Rick didn't die in that one reality. But uh, anyway, he calls Alpha 13 to come collect Caroline. 
This is obviously something they've prearranged since he had that button and everything. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, in the space dimension, the combined efforts of Caroline and Adam Adam appear to have bested DJ Crash. But don't worry, folks, he's okay. He'll be back. Uh, a black van from Alpha 13 arrives, and it says Regis Security Management on the side. Some ominous uh, military-looking men strap Gar- Caroline to a gurney and take her away to Alpha 13 headquarters. Madam Adam and Caroline move closer to that shining pillar of reality in that other space dimension. At the base of that pillar is a giant lion god type thing, and he is introduced as Lord Hesho. Uh, he has Caroline to answer a riddle correctly in order to gain admittance into the pillar. And at Alpha 13 headquarters, Director Sloan tells Eternity Girl that they're going to dissipate her intrinsic field and spread it across the universe. This way she won't be able to do any more damage. Caroline asked if uh, she'll still be aware, and Director Sloan apologizes, and but says that uh, she will be. You know, she's not going to be able to get away, which, uh, as we know, she's been wanting to go away for this entire series so far. Yeah. So this is not the news she wanted to hear. This is not what she wanted to hear at all. Uh, back in the space dimension, Lord Hashaw asks his riddle. It's uh, kind of a weird riddle, as far as I'm concerned, but it's a uh, dripping, gliding, fly. A dripping, glinting, gliding by, rainbow-fretted, wrought of breath. I live only while I fly, Earth's rough, rough kiss, my sudden death. And Madam Adam asks if this is a fairy tale, and Caroline says it is. It's hers. That's an acceptable answer to Lord Hasho when he lets them near the pillar. <laughs> Back at Alpha 13 headquarters, things appear to be going wrong, or... Uh, perhaps well, it's like tough to say what's going yeah. on here. Uh, Caroline is free and expending tremendous energy, but I don't know if this is how they expected it to go already. Uh, it looks bad, but maybe it's not. Uh, elsewhere, Danny finds a picture of this, you know, Caroline's friend of the two of them, and then reality seems to dissipate. Panels begin drifting and sort of melting away, and maybe we'll find out next issue. What exactly happened there? Uh, which sort of reminds me of the way I think the second issue ended. Remember, she jumped off the the uh, roof and yes. went, went nuclear. Uh, I vaguely remember that, yes. And then it turned out the <laughs> Neverman brought her back. So this is the same kind of thing. Like uh, this looks like it's pretty much a wrap for humanity, but we'll see what happens. The backup mm-hmm. in this issue is uh, Michael Avon Oming writes about his process for the cover of Cave Carson as a cybernetic eye number one, which I think was the same thing in. The other book, right? Am I wrong? I don't uh, know. I think so, because we had, uh, I know we had, like, the, the Shade, the Changing Girl uh, original. Right, we had that one. Uh, sketches, sketches, but I think this month is uh, the Cave one. I, I, I think so, yeah. I seem to recall seeing it. And it's definitely cool. It definitely is a uh, nice little process piece if you're into that. But what did you think of this book there, Chris? Uh, you know, I, I liked it a little bit better after we talked about it. Um, reading it, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, it only had one way to go. Uh, reading it, it was, you know, so much of it was recap, but at the same time, a lot actually did happen. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is one of those series, and then this is hardly uh, something that's, you know, Eternity Girl specific, but uh didn't need six issues. It doesn't need six no, issues. I, I um, agree. It's uh, it's way padded. It's a little, you know, too deep for me. Um, a lot of it is just uh, I I want to I want to say indulgent, but at the same time, it's not so much indulgent, but it kind of is. <laughs> but uh, didn't hate it. Really not mad at it. But uh, I I really don't need it in my life either. Um, uh, what did what did you think? You know, I think I think the comment about it being probably you know three issues too long is probably right on the money. You know, you could have spent an issue getting up to speed, an issue of introspection and psychedelic panel work, and then an the issue rap. to wrap it up. And I think that would have even been a pretty healthy space to tell a story. Uh, we're yeah. kind of in the way that this is ending very similarly to the issue number two. We're essentially getting two endings into the story, uh, and then whatever happens in the next issue. Uh, I do know now, though, and we're going to reveal the amazing numbers soon, why I did come up mm-hmm. on the score in this when I when I read it. And it was because of the storytelling. I think that Sonny Liu did a lot of cool things in here to yeah. show the fragmenting of reality and to show how things were happening simultaneously in two places. Uh, not earth-shattering, but effective and, you know, sure. uh, easy to read. And, you know, the art has never really been a problem with this, but in this case, I think he did step it up, or she, I'm not sure, but whoever, uh, yeah. they, they stepped it up a little and 
you know, it looks it looks cool. You know, period. You know, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a cool looking. It's always been cool looking, and this is probably the coolest looking issue. But uh, it's it's it is dragging. You know, this is something we're kind of retreading a lot of the same stuff. And while we are getting, uh, you know, some some new developments, I mean, remember, didn't didn't she have to first? I forget. Go to the what was it the. Uh, the something engine, the nothing engine. Oh, yeah, that was that was. I can't even remember what issue that was, but yeah, she That's had to like, go to that we, engine. I mean, we're, we're getting we're getting the same story twice, basically, is what we're getting here. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like and it. <laughs> and uh, it's it just shows that this could have been three issues, but obviously you couldn't get your trade collection, could you? No. You know, and so we got to have at least a minimum of five, and I guess they put it out to six. So uh, we will be back for that six issue, but I do on the site. Did end up giving this a seven out of ten, and even now, I feel like that's probably a little higher. But I, I now remembering what uh, what I liked about the storytelling, I would probably only put it down to a six point five. It, it really, it really is a good looking book, and I think it has merit. Uh, what, what do you think you might have given it? I, th- I think a six or a six point five is definitely more than fair for it. Uh, I was a little bit lower before we discussed it because. You know, it was, I read it. I read it twice and didn't remember a thing about yeah. it. And uh, and then I read it. I, I looked at it before we started here today, and uh, it just it bored the hell out of me. Um, but yeah. after talking about it, 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 it comes together a little bit better. Which yeah, like, I don't know if that's a goal a comic book should endeavor to. Have. Yeah, but, uh, that's a goal we endeavor to have. But yeah, yes. the comic shouldn't need that so much clarification. But uh, yes. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's cool. This is something I think that would resonate with people in the world. We're not those people, but I do think those people exist. Yeah, they uh, got you. And uh, they got it, right? There's, there's all types. <laughs> there's all types in this world. So, uh, you know, I'm sure that you know, it's it's a, it's not a it's not a low quality piece of junk. It's just sort no. of a meandering story that's uh, going nowhere slowly at this point. But uh, it's going to wrap up soon. What do we got next week, Chris? Next week we have the well, that's not the final number five, right? That'll be Mother Panic. Uh, we've got so, a yeah, yeah we got Cave Carson and his Interstellari number five, the penultimate Ooh. Interstellar issue. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. You know, uh, you know, I had a good time with the last issue because it was sort of a one-off. So I kind of oh, hope, kind of hope they go that way again. And you know, I, I would love for that 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 series to end up with just like you know Chloe Cave and uh, Doctor. Uh, was it Barstow? Barstow, yeah. Just like, you know, hands around each other's shoulders, like, see you real soon, gang. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and, and they and they fought happily ever after. You know, they just yeah. go to a different, different earths, and we, we don't need to see them until they come just, back. Just imagine, you know, you can make up your own stories yep. in your head, but we'll see how it uh, how it all wraps up. We do have an incredible piece of Young Animal-related news that I yes. uh, definitely wanted to share with the uh, listeners here. It uh, has to do with the young animal curator, right? What would they call him? I think we're calling him a curator. Curator, yeah. whatever. Uh, Gerard Way, his third Umbrella Ad- Academy comic is coming this fall. And this is from EW.com, EntertainmentWeekly.com. Uh, Gerard Way's comic, The Umbrella Academy, will soon be getting a Netflix adaptation featuring Mary J. Blige. But that's not the only good news for fans of the surreal superhero comic co-created by the My Chemical Romance frontman and artist Gabriel Bay, or Ba Bay, I'm going to say Bay, uh, sure. to look forward to. It has an accent over it. EW can exclusively announce that the third Umbrella Academy miniseries, titled Hotel Oblivion, is finally coming out from publisher Dark Horse this fall. Like a cross between the Royal Tenenbaums and the X-Men, the Umbrella Academy follows a group of former child superheroes originally brought together by their adopted father, Sir Reginald Hargreaves, to save the world from such menaces as a zombie robot version of Gustav Eiffel and a living, rampaging Lincoln Memorial statue. Um, (laughs) Sounds just so LOL random. Um, In the wake of Hargreaves' death, the team splintered, and things have only gotten more divisive by the time of Hotel Oblivion. The last time we saw the team at the end of the 2008 miniseries, Dallas, they had not only failed to prevent the assassination of John F. Kennedy, they they had actively facilitated it. Even if that decision was made to save the world from nuclear annihilation, it certainly took its toll on the team. By the time Hotel Oblivion opens, they're more divided than ever. The gorilla-bodied space boy is lumbering around Tokyo while his former flame rumor copies with the wreckage of her first marriage. Kraken is once again on a mission of his own, while number five, 
That enigmatic time traveler stuck in a child's body works as a hired gun. Vanya, who almost destroyed the world as the white violin, is still coping from her wounds. She was mostly catatonic throughout Dallas. Apparently, apparently, I think I'm <laughs> turning mostly catatonic from reading this. Uh, apparently, their insufferable brother Seance, who can talk to dead people and once came back from the death himself because not even God or the devil wanted him around, end parentheses, doesn't even show up until the second issue. Oh, now we know not to buy the first one. Um, <laughs> it continues. The Hotel Academy, the, uh, the Hotel Academy, the, the Umbrella Academy, Hotel Oblivion reunites the creative team from the first two series with Way Writing and co-creator Bay Drawing. Nick Filotti will provide colors while Nate Picos handles lettering. The series will be seven issues long, the first of which is set to hit stores on October 3rd. Check out an exclusive preview below featuring a look at number five's hitman work in Space Boy's Tokyo Adventures. Which we don't have, obviously, we can't show you here how the you, you can't see it. We're can't showing see it. You can definitely find that online. Go go to ew.com yeah, and check it out. But, uh, yeah, this sounds pretty crummy to me, but a little bit. Uh, definitely, you know, saw this coming, saw this news coming, and wondered how much of this had to do with Doom Patrol delays. We can't know, of course. And but, young animal going away altogether. And young animal getting you know getting kicked to the curb, and you know this mm-hmm. is obviously the new thing the lucrative thing you know the netflix show is is going to do whatever it's going to do and uh there it is folks this is why you don't have celebrities write your comics mm-hmm. and that i think is all we have to say so, so we have wait this comes out october 3rd it's seven issues long yeah. so we're hoping to have it done by 2022 something like that i mean i mean, okay. you know i wonder I, I wonder if he's gonna go full steam because you know they did keep up with doom patrol for a little while first three uh, issues yeah something <laughs> like that. it was three it was like three yeah, and then then they slipped but the first slips weren't so bad it was later no not really as bad, bad. As, yeah not as not as insulting as the other ones oh no. god pretty much after that michael Allred issue was like just a, a calamity with done doom patrol. Deal. yeah but uh <laughs> yeah you know um i mean i have no real intentions i didn't i never read the other umbrella academy stuff i don't know have you ever read that chris i read the first issue of the first one because it was you know it was a, a hot book back right. in 2006 or 7 the first one came out right it didn't care for it um yeah. You know, it, uh, it 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 almost feels like some of these young animal books that that we don't dig. Yeah, I <laughs> as mean, you can tell, this random. It's like, ugh. It's like this is like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we fought the Lincoln Memorial? No, it wouldn't. Yeah, Just I mean, you know, we can put Ghostbusters already. You know, put a pin in that yeah. one, my friend. But uh, <laughs> and, and to be honest, the 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 description, the royal a cross between royal tenenbaums and X Men. I'm like, I don't know. That does not sound interesting or good yeah, to me. Check please. It's like, yeah. oh, all the boring parts of being an X Man, like like. <laughs> you know, like oh, all the fucking like they had the math class they had to take. Like you know, yeah. I don't really care about that. <laughs> you know, I want to see the danger room for God's sake. But anyway, uh, oh. that's just a little a little news about the uh, young animals proprietor, curator, whatever he is, progenitor. Another so, nail in the coffin. Uh, yeah, take that. Identify. <laughs> take that for whatever it is. But uh, I think that's all we got from this week, Chris. Got anything else for him? No, I think I'll do it. Till next time, folks, I want you to keep it young and animalistic. See ya. segment on the weird science dc comics.com podcast my name is reggie my name is chris and we have one penultimate issue for you today that one is cave carson has an interstellar eye number five 
titled We're Gonna Live Together, We're Gonna Live Forever, Part One of Two, by John Rivera, Michael Avon Oming, and Nick Filardi. So this one opens up, looks like Cave Carson, Chloe, and Dr. Mark Barstow have been captured by some bounty hunters. They're under the impression they'd been arrested initially, but they can tell by the way the guys are talking and by the way the ship smells that these guys are not on the up and up. Uh, but no, it's a team, uh, it's a bounty out for Team Carson from planet Abraxa Elium, which is run by Prince Elium. As we approach the planet, it's revealed as a floating ring of pods or like junk, some kind of uh, mm. something with a blue jellyfish in the center. Looks kind of like a traditional space station, right, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think uh, so. But even more junkier. It really, it almost, <laughs> I mean, it almost looks like someone just strung a vacuum cleaner out, you know what I mean? Just took it apart yeah. and just, just wound it around a jellyfish. Uh, so, you know, whatever. They want to call it a planet. That's fine with me. I, that's, uh, I, I don't want to stand on a convention. While on the bounty hunter ship, Cave Carson overhears them talking about an Adam Starr concert happening on Abraxa Ilium that night, and that's odd since, as you might recall, we saw Adam Starr go supernova in the first issue of this volume. As the ship approaches Abraxa Ilium, it's attacked by some guy with a flaming sword. Looks like there are more bounty hunters interested in this bounty that's levied against Team Carson. In fact, a blocky gorilla robot, this kind of thing, jumps into the mix and tries to get Team Carson for itself. Mm. Cave does some fancy flying and he's able to escape all of these would-be kidnappers. Uh, Cave, Chloe, and Barstow sneak into Adam Star's concert, which is already in progress. Uh, by jumping into the interstellar eye, the ship itself crashes right onto the stage, <laughs> just in time for the show to end. Uh, now, the crowd uh, thinks that this is a part of the performance, so it's all good. Uh, later on, Cave and the gang have a nice reunion, uh, a nice and confusing reunion with Adam Star. <laughs> it is, as <laughs> usual, said, you know, but yeah. <laughs> you know, he was dead. Uh, he says he's back uh, thanks to Prince Helium. Uh, after dressing in some local fashions in order to avoid detection, they stroll around and talk about what brought Adam Star back from his ex- implosion. It seems that Prince Ilium emits some kind of radiation that puts uh, that can put broken stuff back together. Problem is, Abraxa Ilium is more chaotic than normal because Prince Prince Ilium is dying. That Prince Ilium is, incidentally, that giant blue jellyfish that we saw while approaching the planet. So, stands to reason, if he dies, the entire place goes down. Yeah, it's being held together, I guess, by his will and weirdness. Aura. Aura. (laughs) The radiation, yeah. So, Adam Starr makes a reference to the madness and meta for some reason. Says that his cave says his cybernetic eye contracted the madness last summer, which we think must be a reference to Milk Wars. The cybernetic eye kind of tied all those disparate issues together, especially initially, right? Everyone was kind of chasing the eye. And uh, the eye is where they gave the uh, Princess Leia holograph broadcast to everyone, you know, mm-hmm. help me, Obi-Wan, you're my only hope. Yep. So, uh, but but we have to point out that was not last summer, that was... <laughs> this, this winter. This past winter, <laughs> but okay. <clears throat> Suddenly, Cabe Carson is recognized by a citizen, so our group runs away from this throng of people like the Beatles in the movie A Hard Day's Night. While running, Chloe spots a place selling Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye merchandise. There are some dolls of Cave, Chloe, and Wild Dog. A toy Mighty Mole can be seen there, various t-shirts. This infuriates Chloe because she says the merchandise is bootleg. Uh, it looks correct to us from this vantage yeah. point, uh, but the official Cave Carson merchandise, as shown in Milk Wars, was by a retcon pop star. So I guess this is not by them. This is unofficial, not. yeah. <laughs> Uh, then, I don't know, uh, like a giant robot ghost tackles Chloe? <laughs> what is this? Uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to assume that this is another bounty hunter. The robot gorilla appears again and appears to beat up Cave and his crew. It's really difficult to tell what exactly is going on here, to be honest. It's, yeah. uh, it's a bit very, it's very random and uh, <laughs> a lot of stuff going on. The storytelling really falls apart here in the action scene. Like just, It does, There's yeah. no sequential thing. Panel, yeah, panel it could go on. anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then the robot gorilla and the ghost robot fight for the valuable bounty at hand. While they're distracted, Cave, Chloe, and Mark escape in the Mighty Mole. After it's been popped out of the pocket dimension inside, inside Cave's eyeball, of course. Right. Uh, while they drive away, Adam Starr explains the situation with Prince Ilium, which uh, we've already explained. He's dying, and it will uh, take the whole planet with him if he were to go. Right. So driving away from the city seems like they're home free, but then the gorilla robot shows up again and upends the Mighty Mole. 
a gang of ghost robots appear as well. <laughs> they call themselves Scissor Men, which was a Grant Morrison, Richard Case, Doom Patrol thing. Come on, folks. Get it together. Uh, yeah, you know? To be fair, I, I don't know if any of the young animal people ever read any of that. I mean, the Gerard Way is, is at the <laughs> helm, is supposed to be at the helm of the freaking thing, you know? Come up with another name. I mean, all, all these different... One thing we should have mentioned, maybe, is that all these different bounty hunters all name some kind of a group that they're down with that I don't think is important. I think it's just supposed to be cute. But yeah. don't name the an already taken one. You know, what is the next one going to be? Cobra? <laughs> anyway, so Cave and the crew try to fight off the scissor man, but there are too many. And Adam Starr hits that special note that Cave Carson tried to record all those years ago, if you remember from the flashbacks. Uh, that's the one that blows everyone's clothing off. And uh-huh. that, that's what happens. It sends the scissor men reeling, and then the gorilla robot remains, though, seems to be able to take it. And then the gorilla robot speaks and dresses Cave by name. Says that the co-pilot overrode the suit's protocols, and the co-pilot doesn't like Cave Carson, which is why it's been acting a little rough. Now, to drive that point home, the gorilla robot socks Cave right in the kisser. Things get tense, then the robot removes his helmet, or whatever. Something, yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> now, inside is some kind of a space lemur, and a former Cave Carson compatriot, bulldozer Bully Smith. And that's the guy that they've been talking about during all the podcast backups. That's right. And uh, from the sight of his old buddy, Cave Carson faints dead away. And in this backup, it's Cave Carson has an educational podcast number five. Uh, basically, the story here is while Cave Carson copes with everyone's anger at him having left Bulldozer behind, he finds out his wife has terminal cancer. So things are not looking great for Cave nope. in the uh, in his reflections on his younger days. But uh, that's where we leave this issue. Now the big explosive uh, cliffhanger being the <laughs> reveal of Bulldozer Smith, which for you, who doesn't read the backups, <laughs> you, you, I don't, you would have not even known this was like a thing. You'd be like, oh, yeah. okay, who is this guy? You know what I mean? Uh, which I guess we could say would be your, you know, that's your problem, not theirs. Yeah, but yeah not their problem. Still, uh, it's... Really did not. I did not feel the stakes from this one. I got to tell you, did not really feel a lot of stakes coming out of it. What, what was your no. thoughts about it, Chris? Um, you know, when when the third panel in is already a drug reference. Yeah. I mean, maybe when I was in high school, I'd have thought that was clever, but now it's just a little bit gratuitous and it's a little bit um, almost pandery. But now they didn't do drugs in this issue for once. They actually that's didn't true. Do they didn't do it. So that, that was that was so unique. I'll, yeah. I'll give them that. That's like mother panic, not saying the f words. Oh yeah, so that's good. Um, like you said, the stakes are incredibly low here. Uh, uh, I don't know how much of that we can hold against these guys. They didn't know that this was only going to go six issues, mm. regardless of what they've said. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's very it's it's a it's a mess, kinda. I mean, like we mentioned earlier, the the sequential storytelling is rough. Uh, just things happen. It doesn't seem like there's a story. It's just a bunch of things happening. There's a lot of convenient yeah. stuff, even just like, oh, hey, here's Adam Starr is back. Yeah, boy, he's, he's back to life, so, and he's doing shows, and oh, and bounty hunters are just they show up whenever it's convenient to like make them have to run from place to place, and yeah, uh, it's not like you know super unique to comics to have a story like that, but this one sure. really seems just kind of pasted together from pieces. That one part that we were talking about where there's essentially a kerfuffle. And Cave Carson and the team kind of get away from it. It might as well have been one of those scenes in a cartoon where there's like a fight and there's a big cloud. Yeah, and Someone exactly. speaks out of it. Like, exactly. like it was just a bunch of like chaotic panels and then Cave Carson and, you know, Chloe and Mark get away. Uh, yeah. So it's, I, I really, I have to feel like this, this is something that was meant to be done over 12 issues. I sure. think we were supposed to see the importance of Bulldozer Smith by then, you know, like, you know, the, we do know already that he had to leave Bulldozer behind, but we don't really I don't really know why we should care about that, you know? Like, exactly. I, I think that's something that maybe had been intended to be established over longer series of backups or however they want to tell the story. Uh, yeah, or even bringing it into the main feature or just even just casual mentions of it in the main feature. Yeah. Because uh, here it's just out of nowhere. It's, it's, it's exactly. And like I say, if you haven't been reading the backups and remembering them, which definitely, normally, I definitely would not have remembered in one of these backups. Uh, sure, but sure. for some reason, because it tied into a little bit of the uh, narrative, I was able to <laughs> remember at least a little, a little bits. Um, it's, uh, you know, 
the, st- the stakes drained out of this thing, I think, when when we found out that I was getting cut off at the knees and they're going to end at six issues. And yeah. uh, it's it's too bad. It's you know this isn't a horrible thing. The art hmm. the art up front, as far as just the visuals, is still very strong. Uh, you know, yeah, my, stronger my, than last issue. For I sure. think they are too. You know, but the storytelling really lacks, and the story itself. I do like. Also, I was going to say the fact that we are still getting sort of a weird adventure of the week. You know, like this. Yeah. I like the fact that like kind of every he joined it and media res, and it's just a thing that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. You know exactly. It's uh. It's it's. You know, it kind of reminds me of Star Trek. Kind of you know what's happening on this planet this week. Unfortunately. Therefore, we only get six episodes of that Star Trek season in this. <laughs> yes. So uh, that's where it is. I gave it on the site a seven out of ten, which I meant to basically signify. Eh. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. do you think you want to give it? <laughs> I, I'd go six five because uh, um, I, I think I gave the last one a seven, and this one you couldn't go. Uh, up, yeah. I, I, I think I enjoyed it less because uh, it, it was just. It was just a bunch of, like you said, it was pasted together scenes that yeah. we're supposed to devise a story from, and uh, and there are no stakes. I don't care about any of this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, you know, it's one of those problems where they announce that a book's being canceled, and I, I always get mad at the people who just walk away from books when that happens. But oh, that, at this point, it's, it's impossible not to feel some yeah. like, oh, that's all there's gonna be. But uh, but also like this character, Bulldozer Smith, you, you know. You don't know. I barely know him. We don't know who he is. Yeah. You know, it's like okay, he's back. He's from the original crew. What does that mean? And and that's something I think we were supposed to find out up at this. You know, at the point of his reveal, and it never it yeah. didn't come to pass because of the way this no. had to be put together. So, oh well, folks. But there's only yeah. one more left. But then before then, we have a book next week. We do. We have the penultimate issue of Mother Panic Gotham AD. This is uh, Mother Panic Gotham AD numero five. And that'll be the last of our fifth issues, I believe. After that, it's all it it's all the final final well, issues. Farewells and amens. Yeah. So uh, yeah, looking forward to that. We do have that comic in our hot little hands. So it does. Looking forward to getting into that. And after that, I guess starting in August, we'll be. Uh, Whatever the heck, but what is the first one of the month? It's always the uh, shade, right? Yeah, shade. Shade will kick us off, I believe. Cave yeah. and mother is how it usually goes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, until then, folks, I think that's all we got for him. Got anything else for him, Chris? No, I'll do it. Till next time, folks. I want you to keep it young and animalistic. The lovers back, and rappers know I'm taxing them. I'm on for kicking the dopest rap to the maximum. I'm on a quiet tip and sucker claim I'm falling. I'm back up. Welcome back to the Young Animal segment on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we have Uno, Bucco, Libro for them today. What is that one, Chris? This is Mudda Panic number five, Different Bat Channel, part five, by Jody Hazza, Ibrahim Mustafa, Jordan Boyd, and John Workman. Second to last issue. Yeah. Some people would call it a penultimate issue. <laughs> uh, now we open with Violet having a night out. She's drinking all by her lonesome. And she watches other couples uh, in the uh, bar. I think she's in a bar. And uh, flashes. Or and maybe she, a club, but the kids might call it. I don't know. I think maybe, yes. <laughs> and she flashes back to beating the holy hell out of some dude while wearing, you know, her mother panic gear. Uh, we shift scenes over to Gala, who's got a dude strung up. You know, she's a blood painter, so this fellow's being bled out. He's upside down from the ceiling. I don't know if maybe this is Violet's brother. Uh, he I'm not sure. He seems stuff. to know stuff about her, yeah. but it's just not clear. Yeah, yeah it's I think, I think that's a yeah. bridge too far to... <laughs> Assume. To assume, yeah, yeah. It's, and the faces are kind of similar. I, I I look at Gala a few times and I think it might be pretty. 
that character pretty. Right, right. I remember that. They, yeah. they have the same kind of hairdo, and so it's it's kind of dicey. Uh, well. This fella reports that that young Joker from last issue was a runaway who fell in with the cult of the bat. Gala ain't pleased. And she's even less pleased to see uh, Mother Panic's tag left on one of her buildings. That was that that little scraping that kind of looks like Mother yeah. Panic's helmet. Sort of. It's like a triangle with a, with a star in it. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. really basic. It's a good tag. Very basic. It's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> now, she calls this a forgery. Uh, the fella is more concerned that the White Witch has taking the oracle back. Uh, the scene ends with Gallo about to carve into him. Yep, she's about to go back in with a scalpel. Uh, back over to Mother Panic now. She and Fennec Fox are about to enter the deep woods in Robinson Park to check in with the cat. Fennec Fox is all about being a hero, and we'll come back around to that in a bit. They wander through the living woods and stumble across the skeleton of a collective officer. One of the cat's agents, possibly the same one that guided Violet into the sewers a few issues back, finds them and escorts them and the rest of the way into the Sirens' base. Uh, are we still calling them the Gotham City Sirens, I guess? That's right? what it said in the uh, in the preview, so uh, I don't think it's ever said it in the book. I don't book, think they ever say, say it in the issue, solicit. but uh, yeah. sure. I mean, it's basically <laughs> who, who they would be. You know, why not? Or they could be birds of prey. You want them, whatever you want them to be. Whatever. Uh, so once there, Violet sees Harley Quinn, who, remember, she'd rescued from the Arkham Institute a few issues back. And here Fennec introduces herself, and she's really digging this hero gig. Yeah, she even offers to moiterize any bad guys out hey. there. She's really into it. Yeah. Uh, now, Violet leaves Fennec with the ladies so she can head inside and talk with the cat. Uh, Selina fills her in about the cult of the bat. Uh, we learn that that young Joker was uh, with her uh, originally and mm. fell into the cult. Um, now, she also informs Violet that she's already figured out that she is Violet under that big white helmet. Uh, now, Violet isn't without her own surprises, however. Uh, Selena is shocked to learn that Violet knows that Batman was really Bruce Wayne. And so, the cat throws her out. Uh, now, Violet drags a confused Fennec back to the compound, and Fennec doesn't understand why they're not working with the sirens to take down the Collective and the Cult of the Bat. Violet insists that ain't their problem, because uh, this ain't even their world. This isn't even, I'm not even supposed to be here today, is basically uh-huh. what she's saying. Uh, at this point, Fennec tells Violet that she ain't no hero at all. Now, Violet never claimed to be a hero, in fact... Some could say that she hasn't really been acting very heroically very often at all, but uh, but this statement by Fennec Fox really seems to hit her where it hurts, and she responds by stripping down to a little black dress and going out dancing, which is sure. just what I would do. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. the Sirens, the Cult, and the Collective get ready to rumble, and Fennec also heads out to join up with the Sirens. She likes the cut of their jib more than uh, Violet's. We rejoin Violet later that night, and she ties one on back at the compound. Oracle then drops some knowledge. That's, of course, her mama. She tells Violet in a roundabout way that whatever world you're stuck on, automatically that becomes your world, (laughs) buddy. (laughs) If you can't just go to another world, that's all you get. And the Mm -hmm. problems of that world become your problems, too. How about that? That's just the way it is. I I gotta (laughs) say, that's very sage advice. It is. (laughs) If you don't have any kind of interdimensional travel ability, then you're pretty much where you are, you're home. Yes. So this shocks Violet back to her senses, and it's not long before she suits up and joins the fracas. And Fennec is overjoyed to see her and calls her a real hero. What proceeds is uh, a lot of fighting. We got a lot of fighting here. Uh, amidst the chaos, we see a redhead. Uh, maybe Barbara Gordon? Yeah. I don't It maybe. looks a lot like her from Batman Beyond a bit, uh, the the short hair, or if I'm thinking the right book. <laughs> I think so. It's I, I, I see her, too, and I think it's definitely supposed to be in a – it could be her or it's just like a, make an think, allusion Make us think her, of her, yeah. yeah. Now, uh, Violet lands a shot on Gala, cutting her open, and I don't know if this is the art, but it looks like she's bleeding ashes. She says something about ashes, but I don't know if she's, like, rubbing ashes on the face to make it stop bleeding, or if she's actually just bleeding ashes. Sometimes this book gets very artsy, you know what I mean? I don't know what the deal is. (laughs) Now, while the battle rages, Lord Robin, that is, of course, Jason Todd, looks on from a rooftop. Uh, The sirens wind up winning. And later, the sirens celebrate their victory and reconnoiter inside the cult's base. They talk about how the cult of the bat is a sham, because Batman will never be reborn in Jason Todd or anybody else. He's just a mortal, or he was just a mortal. Yeah, until he wasn't. But, you know, that's it. no new <laughs> Batman. Yeah. Yes. 
then Harley has wandered off, and we find her looking at that crucified Joker, and she makes a little joke about it. Why not? Later, the cat and Violet go around, get around to chatting. Uh, they make nice together. Vi tells her that Bruce was the Batman of her world, and Selina agrees to help her bypass collective security. Turns out the collective and the cult are operating out of the same facility, which is uh, hey. Hey, the wonders <laughs> of series truncation makes for very convenient neighbors in this story. It That's does. Nice. Now, Violet heads back to the compound and uh, thinks back to her final goodbye with her mother. This is uh, back at the end of the first volume where where Violet's mother seemed to know exactly what was going to happen and their their farewell seemed final. Um, now, while she reminisces, she's slammed in the back of the head by Jason Todd. Yeah. Well, He's wearing a mask, so we're about 90% sure it's Jason Todd. It's like a red Batman mask. I it's mean, like it's Red Hood with the points. With yeah. the points, exactly. It's it's. But then again, you're right, this could be the old switcheroo. You're definitely made to think it's uh, Red Certainly. Red Hood uh, Jason Todd. So that was pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if we did it Absolutely. a lot of if we did it the right justice here, but it was it's actually a, a pretty damn intriguing story that I it's I really, really want to read about about characters that I am enjoying and I'm learning to like feel something for even if it's not always sympathy. Sometimes it's sure. Sometimes it's you know mild uh, irritation. Or yeah. Sometimes it's <laughs> irritation. Uh, I know you. I know Fennec Fox is your character find of uh, 2017. Oh, I wanted and to join the Teen Titans. Yes. That that actually wouldn't be a horrible thing. And like I, I, I kind of like this weird trappings of this like alternate Gotham. Uh, sure. You know, it's it's just got a whole lot of the interesting tribal aspects system. Of it. It's interesting. Yeah, the whole Robinson part. It kind of reminds you a little bit of No Man's Land. I think is probably why it's bringing sure. me back. So. Sure. Uh, yeah, uh, you you obviously liked it a lot, huh? Oh, I thought it was great. Uh, there were a couple of scenes here, and uh, they were the scenes where where Fennec says that Violet's not a hero, and Violet's actually affected by that. Yeah. I thought that that might be the strongest scene in the history of this book. You know, yeah. going back to the last volume and this volume, that was such a strong scene because. You know, I think at that point, like, that profundity hits Violet. Like, what am I doing this all for? I'm not a hero. I don't want to be a hero. But hearing that I'm not a hero really bugs me. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, – I think that's a – I think that was a pivot point. And uh, then we go to when she gets back from clubbing that night, uh, Mama Panic says, hey, you know, you're stuck here. This is your world. This world's problems are your problems. And it's like, oh, yeah, maybe yeah. they are. I, I just – some very, very strong scenes with Violet here, and uh, usually she's like the, you know, fifth or sixth best thing about the book, and here I think she's very A character that we hated. We despised. And I think that that, that, that was meant to be, that, that it was came yeah. out that way, and you know, there was, she had growth in the, in the first volume, and definitely sure. in this one. In fact, I would say fairly rapid growth Mostly. as we come to the <laughs> Uh, end of this six issues, but, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's, you're seeing a character change, you're seeing a development, you know, and uh, it's Heroes yeah. it's cool. It's 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 really weird that this has become the book we were saying before we got on to record. I was like, I kind of it is obvious now at the fifth fifth issue that this thing has been truncated. I I would bet my life on it, you know, and I I know Chris is pretty dang sure about it himself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when when we find out that the collective and the cult are like neighbors, yeah, you're like, gee, <laughs> like, that okay. was that was that's like a Brady Bunch type <laughs> thing, you know, just exactly. to like, you move it along. So and we do understand, and we think that here they've done a good job of kind of collapsing things. But sure, I kind of I kind of might have liked to see what this was supposed to be in twelve issues, you know, like uh, yeah, where this was going to go. I think there was obviously obviously Jason Todd was supposed to be a surprise reveal for the you know second another six. arc yeah. exactly you know what i mean or whatever a different arc but uh this kind of took away the punch of that and i, I would like to see how it was but what'd you give it on the set what'd you say i gave it a very strong eight out of ten i think i'd be in the same place uh my only problems are that the story was truncated and with that it's still super strong you know what i mean you still it is yeah it really hides the seams well it, it, yeah. yeah it doesn't it doesn't you know, rush or drag. It's still paced well for the the issue. It's it's yeah. really well put together. You know, all the other issues except for uh, Eternity Girl, obviously, and Young Animal, have all been truncated and they've all suffered somewhat because of it. But this one really uh, does seem to have you know absorbed that impact pretty well. Sure. And uh, it's this book is just has become so interesting, and it's become like the only book, this volume even, where I think when it's all said and done. 
you'll be able to just grab it and read it. You don't have to know anything sure. else. You can just grab it as a you know alternate Gotham City universe book or whatever you yeah. want to call it. So, uh, good job, everybody. Nice Absolutely. one. Nice one on Mother Panic. Uh, next week, we have the final. We're getting into the month of the last mm-hmm. Young Animal Issues, Chris. Next week is the final Shade the Changing Woman, so... Uh, I don't know whether you're going to like it or you're going to hate it, but you're definitely going <laughs> to celebrate it no matter what, because it will be <laughs> the last way. one that you'll ever, <laughs> ever have to read, uh, unless there's some sort of, I don't know, torture planned for you down the line. I have no idea. Possibly. But, uh, Possibly. Uh, I think that's all we got from this week, Chris. Got anything else for him? Nope, that'll do it. Well, until next time, folks, I want you to keep it young and animalistic. Feel Street Mama, why don't you come back home? It isn't proper to leave your papa all alone.